Good morning, Faith Church. Man, it's good to see everybody here today. Hey, listen, slap somebody beside you a high five or a handshake. Real quick, do that. Let somebody know beside you, man, you're glad to see them today. We're glad that you're here. We want to welcome all those who are watching online. We're glad that you decided to join us as well. As we continue this uh, second week in this series, How to Raise Your Kids. And basically, we started this last week with the title, How to Raise, R-A-Z-E, Your Kids. The word raise, in the way that we spelled it, means to utterly destroy your kids. And what we learned last week is this, is that nobody wakes up or nobody decides, hey, I want to mess my kids up. But we do it sometimes on accident in the way that we choose to parent. And so last week we said this, that really parenting is something that God calls us to do very intentionally. And while we work so hard, sometimes at our spiritual growth and we work so hard in our, in our physical fitness or we work so hard on our job, sometimes we just allow our parenting to be an afterthought. And what I want you to know through this series is parenting and what you do to raise your kids is one of the most important and fulfilling thing you're ever going to do in this life. And so we looked at a verse found in Proverbs. The Bible says this in Proverbs 22, verse 6. Read it with me. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. So when God calls us to train up our children, he's not really giving us a suggestion. He's calling us to intentionality. So for all of you in this room who are parents, uh, this is your call. God's calling you to intentionally and strategically be the parent that your children need you to be. And this isn't just a series for parents. This is a series for grandparents. Uh, you still have influence in your grandkids' lives or nieces or nephews. If you're here and you've not yet hit, had children, but maybe in the future you hope to have kids, this is a great series for you because, again, it's just calling us to this place to say, hey, we're not going to do this on accident. We're just not going to kind of deal with our kids. Whatever comes, you know, we're just going to kind of do the best we can. It means intentionally on the front end, learning and living to get the information we need to be the best parents that God's called us to be. And so we said this through this series that we're going to make this a prayer out of Proverbs 22, 6. And I would love for you to pray this out loud with me. Again, this is, this is the prayer. Lord, help me to train up my child in the way that they should go. Would you all pray that with me for your kids as I pray that for my kids? Lord, help me to train up my kids in the way that they should go. I just think that's a great prayer. I, I think that's something that we should be praying, and I have been praying this week and, and here's, I just want to tell you on the front end, I, I don't have parenting figured out. I was a kid. Uh, I was a youth pastor for almost 10 years. I have three kids of my own. And so I've learned some things along the way through this series. I feel like God has given me some things to share that has worked for me and for my wife and for our household. And there's some things that God's kind of, man, he's messing me up on saying I need to do a better job in some areas. And so I want to be intentional and I want to help you be intentional as well. So as we step into week two, let me just kind of say it this way. There's a couple of things that help determine who we become in life. Think about it. You are who you are today. You are who you are as a person because of things that have happened throughout your life. There are three things besides your, your DNA, and that's, that's huge. We don't want to discount that. But there's three things in our life that determine ultimately who we are in life. Number one, it's our relationships, Right? Think about it, who you've grown up with, who you hung around as, as a kid, who you hung out with in your adolescent years, who you're friends with now. I heard someone say this, that you are, that you and I, that we are the average of the six closest people to us. If I took the six people you hang out with the most, you're the average of, of them spiritually and physically and emotionally, kind of because we tend to draw from the people around us. So again, think about this. You are who you are because of relationships that you are in or have been in. 
not just relationships, but another thing that helps determine who we ultimately are in life is our experiences, right? Good or bad, you know, some of us have been through some things in this, in this life that have been incredibly horrific, but those experiences have helped shape you and help kind of shift how you see life, how you go through things. And so it's not just our relationships and not just our experiences, but ultimately, I believe this the most, is our decisions. I've said this for a long time, that your decisions determine your destiny. The decisions that you and I make on a daily basis determine on where we're headed in life. So these three things, relationships, experiences, and decisions, shape who we are. So now watch this. So last week, we said that that our goal, our ultimate purpose, is to help raise our kids to be successful adults. So that means here's, here's what we need to do. We need to figure out a way, listen to this, we need to figure out how do we, if, 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 if who we are is determined by our relationships, experiences, and decisions, and it's our job to help raise our kids to be successful adults, how do we influence those three areas? Because if we can influence those three areas, we can influence really who our kids become. Anybody here want to have some influence on who their kids are? That's our call. That's our, that's our thing. So I came up with this thing right here called a kiddo-meter. And I actually have these for sale for $49.95, and you can get a second one free for just some small shipping and handling fees. <laughs> actually, it's just wired to a battery that you just crank it when your kid's doing wrong, and you get whatever result you want. So here, I just put this, I kind of made this, because here's, here's how I want you and I to think about this today for a few minutes. If these are the three areas, relationships and experiences and decisions, that determine who our kids become... I think, again, we can determine who our kids become if we can maneuver, manipulate, influence those three areas. But here's what I want you to think about. When it comes to decisions, when it comes to the decision knob on your kiddo meter, I just want you to know it turns, but it doesn't do anything. You can turn it all day long. Here's what I want you to know. You cannot decide what your kid decides. You can't. You want to. I want to. I wish I could make my kids' decisions uh, for them sometimes. You can influence your kids, yell at your kids. You can, you can do all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, your child will decide whatever they want the same way you decided whatever you want. So while we can influence, this dial right here is not up to us. If it was up to us, our kids would make their beds. They would do their homework. They would never talk because we'd be cranking that knob. Some of you, man, you'd have like carpal tunnel syndrome from just jacking that thing around. But I want you to know, listen to me, the three things that influences who we become are decisions, experiences, and relationships. And we don't really have a lot that we can offer in the decision category. You cannot decide what your child decides. When it comes to experiences, so while we have almost no control over decisions, we have very little control over experiences. Unless you're with your kid 24-7, like you go to school with them and, and you're there to defend them from anything that they ever face in life. And we can't, we're not with our kids 24-7. And because we're not with them, they make their decisions and their decisions determine a lot of their experiences. So this second dial here, experiences, we really don't have a lot to do with that. But I want to tell you a dial that you and I have a lot of control over, and it's the control over the dial of relationships. I want you to know, listen to me, if we can shape the relationships our kids have, it will go a long way to helping to develop them to the young person and ultimately the adult that God's called them to be. Which means this, that our job, if we're going to be intentional in our parenting, 
which God wants us to be. God wants us, everybody say train up. God wants us to train up our kids. The way we're going to do that is to be intentional. And the area we can be most intentional is in relationships. And there's three relationships. I wanted you to kind of ask this question on the front end to get you thinking this way. This first question is this, what are you doing to enhance your relationship with them? One of the most important relationships your kid is going to have is with you. And so if you can control that relationship dial, then what are you doing to enhance the relationship with you? We're going to talk about that a lot today. But the second question I want you to think about is, what are you doing to advance the relationship with God? I want, listen, I'm just, we're going to come back to this in week four, but I want you to know it's not the church's job to raise your kids. It's not the church's job to make sure your kids know Jesus and are serving God. That is absolutely the prerogative of the parent at home. We're here to help you, empower you, pray for you. We're here to inspire them and to teach them. But at the end of the day, this, one of the other relationships that's going to be key to who they are is a relationship with God. Can I just get an amen here today? Is do they know Jesus? Do they love God? Are they serving the Lord? And hear me, the question you have to ask is what do you do? doing what are you doing to advance the relationship with God is it just kind of whimsical is it just kind of whatever whatever comes what may and you know I think if you're intentional in your relationship with you if you're intentional in the relationship with God and this third one here this is a big one is what are you doing to influence the relationships outside the home I remember my parents this is something they worked really hard at they used to tell me all the time you are who you run with you are who you run with you are who you run. So my parents really worked hard at trying to make sure that they knew who I was hanging out with. And I just want you to know, man, I think as parents, it's your job to help influence kind of who your kid's running with and who they're hanging out with. Hello. Uh, listen, we do this unashamedly. I, I want you to know we do this. When our kids say they're staying the night, we have a daughter right now. She's a, she's a senior in high school. When she stays the night, you know what we say? Who are you staying with? What's their phone number? And we call them up, boop, 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 boop. Hey, this is, uh, if we don't know them, we call them up. Hey, our daughter Lauren said they're coming to stay tonight. Did, were you aware of that? We just want to introduce them. You know why? Because I want to know the parents my kids are staying at. Some of you aren't with me. Let me just let you in on something why you ought to care about this. The number one place outside of immediate family that children are molested is when they stay the night at a friend's house. You better care where your kids are hanging out with. Come on, somebody. And so I'm just telling you, we, we try to monitor, we try to turn that relationship dial with their friends. Uh, you, I, I mentioned this last week. I think we ought to be intentional every now and then looking, looking at our kids' smartphones and seeing who they're talking to, who they're texting, who they're tweeting, who they're so. You, you should be friends with them. You should be on their Twitter accounts. You should be on their Instagram. You might say, I don't know anything about Instagram. Well, figure out if the only friend you have is your kid, find out what your kid's posting on social media. Uh, this several years ago, I won't tell you which child it was because I don't want to embarrass them, but kids make bad decisions. One day I'm walking through the living room. It was in the morning and uh, one of my kids was asleep on the floor. And as I'm walking by, I heard the Holy Spirit say, check their phone. And so I bent down and grabbed their phone and opened it up. I was like, oh no, she didn't. Oh no, he didn't. Oh heck no. And I started reading stuff that no, no person should be reading on their phone. And so I was like, wake up. Wake up. What's this? We need to have a conversation. And we had a conversation. And uh, for about the next six months, the only person they were talking to was whoever had the other cup at the end of the string that I gave them to have conversations with. You reading me? You might say, listen, it's, you know, I need, to, I, need to give my, I need to give my kids privacy. No, you don't. You need to give your kids relationship. You need to give them relationship. And part of the way we build those relationships is helping influence who they hang out with. 
I'm just going to tell you what I did with that conversation because I want you to not take this serious. I, I tracked down, I took the cell phone number off my kid's phone, got on the internet, paid $5.95 to find out who that phone belonged to, got the owner's phone number, called that person up, called the parent up. So I just want you to know a conversation that my kid was having with your kid. I'm not blaming you at all because this is my kid's responsibility, but I just want you to know what your kid's involved in too. And she said, well, let me go check the phone. She goes, like, oh, no, they didn't. Thank you so much for calling. Do you know why? Because, listen, we have to be intentional in our parenting. And you have that right and that authority to do that. And so, listen, listen, here's what we're going to talk about today. What I want to spend all the time on today is is your relationship with your kid. Because it's so huge. Here's why. Here's why. Listen, because where there's relationship, there's influence. Relationship equals influence. If you don't have a relationship with your kids, you don't have influence over them. You can yell at them, you can boss them around, you can beat them, you can take the car keys from them, but at the end of the day, hear me, they are not really listening to what you're saying. Relationship equals influence. Now, I said this last week, they don't need us to be their friend, they need us to be their parent, but sometimes you got to be friendly. you got to be able to have conversations with your kids. you got to be able to build that relationship with them. We're going to talk about what this looks like today, but again, if you want to have influence in your kid's life, let me just ask you a question. If your child is getting ready to make a major decision in their life, who do you want to have the most influence in that decision? I want to I be the one. Does anybody else here want to have the most influence in your kid's life? The only way you're going to have influence in your kid's life is if you have a relationship with them. Absent parents speak to deaf kids. Absent parents speak to deaf kids. Children will not hear you without a relationship. Children do not listen to parents without a relationship. So I'm just telling you, listen, today what I want to tell you is we got to find a way to really build relationship with kids. And it's, it's, it's challenging, it's difficult, but it's easier if we'll, just put, if we'll just make the effort. And so today I'm going to talk about some areas where I think we need to be intentional to make this effort. And it's just like I think in these three things I'm going to give you today, they would really apply to any relationship. But I want to challenge you over the next couple of weeks to apply these three areas to the relationship with your kids. How many people have kids here today? You still have kids in your home. Most of you, that's great. I want to challenge you. If your kids are grown up and they're out of your house, these still apply, okay? Number one, number one, real quick as we roll through these today. Number one area we need to work on to build our relationship with our kids is acceptance. Everybody say acceptance. I want you to know there's one thing that kids are clamoring to get from their parents. They want it so desperately. They want to hear from you that you're proud of them. They want to hear from you that you accept them. Not accept them for what they're doing. Listen, we are human beings, not human doings. Which means a lot of us, I'm just going to tell you, a lot of our kids, my kids and your kids, a lot of times they feel like we don't accept them unless we approve of all their decisions, who they're dating, everything they're doing, their favorite subject, their favorite sport, are they bringing home straight A's, are they, are they always making their bed? And they feel like, I'm just telling you, your kids feel, they may never tell you this. But I'm telling you, your kids feel like if they don't meet every expectation they have, that you have of them, that you don't accept them. And where there is, where there's rejection, there's a broken relationship. Where there's rejection, when, when there's not acceptance, that gap that we're trying to close gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Think about, think about this. The best kid that ever lived on the planet was Jesus, right? I mean, because Jesus was perfect. He had to be a perfect kid. Never cried in the restaurant, never threw a fit in Walmart. He's a perfect kid. But do you know the Bible says when, when, uh, 
in, in, in a moment in Jesus' life, the Bible says when he was baptized, that man, the sun was shining, the clouds parted, and this booming voice came from the, side, from the sky. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Woo, I like that. I'm just telling you, some of you just need to wake your kid up tomorrow morning, just pull the covers back and say, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But dad, I didn't even do anything. I love you for who you are, not what you do. Listen, men, I'm going to yell at some men today. Stop trying to live vicariously through your kid. Some of you aren't pushing them to do sports because you want them to do sports. You're trying to push them to do sports because you didn't make the team. So they got to make the team. And I'm telling you, they feel that pressure. Listen, you didn't get straight A's. Why are you expecting them to get straight A? I know we want them to succeed, but hear me. What we're telling our kid is unless they do this, this, and this, unless they be all the things we tell them they have to be, what they're hearing is we don't accept them. Can I let you in on a little secret? Your father in heaven accepts you in spite of anything you do or don't do. And God wants us to show acceptance. Doesn't mean you agree with all their decisions. You accept them, who they are, and what they're doing. And we have to find a way to do that. Listen to what the Bible says. This is so key. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, read this with me. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. What this word provoke, what he's saying is uh, make sure that, 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 you don't, that you don't segregate yourself from your kids. Make sure that you don't alienate them in your relationship. Don't get them mad. Don't, don't reject them. Watch what the rest of the verse says. Rather, everyone read this with me. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Here's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying you can't transmit to your kids what you want them to have if you have a broken connection. And so we have to find a way to bridge the gap. We've got to find a way. And I'm just telling you, you can do this through acceptance. You say, well, how do I accept my kid? I'm telling you, you can accept your kid just by telling them, hey, I'm proud of you. By just communicating to your kid how you feel about them. You can absolutely bridge the gap and build acceptance by having these intentional conversations. Proximity, listen to this, proximity is position. The closer you are to your kids, the stronger of a position you have in their life. I'm just telling you, I, I, don't, I don't want this world leading my kids. I don't want their high school friends leading them. I don't want their boyfriends or girlfriends leading them. I want to have the ruling position in my kid's life. And I can bully my way in and I can punish my way in and I can yell my way in. But the way my children and your children are going to surrender and submit to the leadership you offer the most is through relationship. You might say, well, if, 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 we're, if we're too close, they're not going to listen to me. I can't get them to do what I want. You can't get them to do what you want anyways. What I'm telling you is that you and I can influence what they do if we'll build a relationship. Let me just ask the question. And I'm going to be the first to raise my hand. How many people here can honestly say, if you have kids, no matter the age, that you'd like to have a better relationship with your kids than you currently have? You've got to accept them. They're clamoring to be accepted by you. Second thing, real quick, is attention. Everybody say attention. By attention, I mean this. I mean, you've got to give your kids some of your time. You've got to give them some of your attention. And I don't mean like passing ships in the night. I don't mean that, you know, well, they live under my roof and I see them every now and then. I mean, again, you give time to your job. 
You give time to the lawn. You give time to all these. We give time to Alabama and Auburn and Ohio State, which is, by the way, the only three, one of the three that won yesterday, but that's a whole different message. But we, listen, listen, seriously, we give, our, we give our attention to all these other things. I'm telling you, the thing that we need to give our attention to the most is our kids. Because when our kids have our attention, we have a relationship. And when you can turn that relational dial, you can influence who they become. This is powerful. You say, well, what, what does it mean? I, uh, Dr. Do- Dr. Dobson said a long time ago, I heard this. He said that you need to give your child at least 15 minutes of your undivided attention a day. You say, well, how do you do that? Here, let me just give you a couple of things. These are things that, that, that I do and I need to do better at, and I'll, I'll, see, I'll tell you this in a minute. But something I learned a long time ago is, is, is to have conversations with your kid. You gotta get up in their chili. You gotta sit down and have conversations with them. And hear this, you can never have conversations asking kids, don't ask them yes and no questions. You know why? Because you'll get a yes and no answer. Right? Did you have fun at school today? No. Did you enjoy your lunch? Kinda. You know, I mean, if you ask them yes or no questions, that's, you want, if you, in, in order to give your kids attention and have conversation with them, I challenge you to start asking open-ended questions. Something I started asking my kids a long time ago, I don't do this as much with my daughters because they're older, I still do this with my son almost every day when I pick him up, I ask him this question. Hey, Zach, tell me something that happened to you today that made you mad, sad, or glad. That's not an open-ended question. And you know what he says every single day? Nothing. I'm telling you, kids are going to act like they don't really... You say, well, it doesn't work. No, 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 no. But I, I'm telling you, I, I keep nudging him. I don't give up. Don't give up on your kid. They want to talk to you. It's as uncomfortable for them talking to you as it is for you talking to them. But you got to be the one that paves the way. And so I, I, I tell him, I say, you're telling me nothing all day long made you mad, sad, or glad. I mean, I just keep nudging him. And you know what? Finally, he'll say, well, I was kind of glad when Susie talked to me. Then the second thing, hear me, this is, this is another thing you can do. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about Susie. Next thing you know, man, your kid is opening up to you and they're unfolding who they are, what they're going through, what their struggles are. You know what that is? That's relationship. Now, here, I'm going to tell you, here's where I blow it. I mess this up so bad. I need to work better at this. God's convicting me at this. Don't take conversational moments to discipline your kids. Don't do it. I'm telling you, they will start shutting down. They'll stop talking to you. Because this is what I do. A conversation with my son would be like this. Hey, Zach, tell me something that made you mad, sad, or glad today. Well, Dad, I was on the playground, and, and you know, Billy the bully pushed me. Well, you, I hope you didn't push him back. You know what I already told you? Listen, you better, if you can start a fight, but, or you can finish a fight, but you better not start a fight. If you start a fight, listen, buddy, you're going to be in trouble when you come here. How many parents have ever done that before? Your kid starts opening up, and you use it as a moment like to pounce on them. Listen, I do that. i got to stop doing that. Just talk, have a conversation with your kid. Listen, try that with an adult next time. See how well that goes. We don't do that with adults. Why do we? Our kids don't need that. Our kids need relationship, and relationship is built on acceptance. It's built on attention, us giving them some attention, some things you can do. Listen, find something they like to do and do it with them. I don't know how many dads do this. I still do this with my son. Go out in the front yard, grab a baseball, grab a football, grab a Frisbee, and give your kid five minutes of your time. I'm too busy. If you're too busy to spend 15 minutes with your kid, you're too busy. 
And something else needs to be cut besides time with your kid. I know, I know this is not easy. Hear me, I'm, 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 I'm applying this to me too. There's a little kid who every day came home, man, his dad's on his laptop, dad's on his laptop, this is me, dad's on his laptop, typing away, working. The little son just wants some of dad's attention. Finally, he reaches up and pulls the screen down and holds his hand out and says, Dad, if I give you my quarter, can I just have some of your time? I know we're busy, but the greatest priority in our lives are raising our kids, and that's not done accidentally or haphazardly. It's done intentionally with parents like you and I who want to build relationships. It's hard to build. They're going to make you feel like an outcast. They're going to make you feel like a leper. They're going to make you feel like they don't want you in their life. I promise you they do. Third thing, real quick, third thing, real quick, besides acceptance and attention, you got to give them affection. I like this. High people here are naturally physically expressive people. Like you're all about a hug, a kiss, a handshake, wave at me. High people here are like, heck to the no, that's not me, wave at me. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to hug anybody else in your life ever, but you got to be affectionate with your kid. You got to be affectionate with your kid. Because besides them wanting, besides them wanting your acceptance, I just need mom and dad. I just need to hear that they are proud of me. The second thing they're begging to hear from you is you love them. They want to hear that. And they don't want to just, they don't want not just through words. Listen to me. They need physical touch from their parents. Ronnie, come up here. Some of you guys, this is how you do physical touch. <laughs> Listen, when you see your... <laughs> I'm not going to use you third service because I think you're liking this too much. <laughs> Listen, you, you can't. Good job. Good job, Junior. And don't give them one of these side deals. Side deals are for guys to girls. I'm telling you, get up in your kid's chili. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is how I hug my kid. And, man, I hang on to him and I gloat on him. Look this way. I feel like you're trying to kiss me. Look that way. You're the one who brought me up here. Listen, I'm telling you, seriously, grab your kid and start telling him, man, son, I just want you to know I love you, man. You did great today on the football. He missed some tackles. That's not the point. Man, you did so great today on the football field. I love you. I'm proud of you. Man, you're, doing, you're such a great young man. I love that you love the Lord. Man, I'm so proud of you, Zach. Man, you got to hold him and tell him. And listen, listen, don't, don't just hug them. You got to kiss them. Come up here, Ronnie. Come here. Is my son, is Zach, is he in there? Okay, you can't tell him this. If you tell him, I'll know you told him and I'll be mad at you. And I won't, I won't, I won't share stuff like this anymore. My son's 11 years old. He still kisses me goodnight and I'm glad. And I'll slobber all over his face as long as he lets me. Do you know why? Because our kids, listen to me. They want, they need from you attention. They need from you. They need acceptance. They need affection. And I'm telling you, if you'll pour it on, if you'll pour it on, I just got to say this, listen, give and give and give and expect nothing in return. Just keep pouring it on and pouring it on. They're going to keep treating you like a leper. They're going to keep making you an outcast. I'm telling you, keep pouring it on. I promise you, there's going to be a magical day when you realize, man, that was, that was not for naught. You're going to realize you are the key influencer in their life. You're in the best place you want to be. Listen to this. I brought this up here. I want you to know this. Listen to me. Your kids, my kids, my kids, they are starving emotionally. 
They are starving physically. They're starving. And you know what? It's your job through relationship to feed your kids. It's our job to feed our kids kind of this stuff, to feed them a good meal. If we don't feed them a good meal, I want you to know, hear me, your kids are going to eat garbage. You either can feed them what they want and what they need, but I promise you, hear me, your kids are going to eat. And if you don't give them the attention, if you don't give them the affection, they're going to find it somewhere, and most likely it's going to be garbage in this world. I'm going to tell you something. Listen to this real quick. Uh, guys and, and girls both, but especially dads, dads to daughters, moms to sons. Dads to daughters, moms to sons. If you will feed your children the affection they need, they will not find the affection they're looking for in this world. I'm telling you, they're going to get love somewhere. They're going to get love somewhere. One of the keys, hear this, one of the keys to guarding the sexual purity of your daughter is dads giving them more affection than you think they want. Because if they don't get affection from you, dad, they're going to get it from some guy. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So check this out. Listen, listen to what Jesus says here. <clears throat> you parents, so come on, who's he talking to? He's talking to us. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? What's his answer? Of course not. He's saying we give our kids what they want, what they need. We don't give them this this sideways stuff. We give them the best. Watch. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, be intentional in what you give your kids. Give them what they need. Make sure if they're going to eat, make sure they're eating the best. Make sure they're not eating out of the garbage can. Make sure you're giving them absolutely what they need. The best present you can give your kids is your presence. The best presence is your presence. Stop trying to buy your kid off with stuff. Giving your kids stuff, while great, I like to do it, you like to do it, while that's great, hear me. Buying presents for your kids does not create great kids and does not create great adults. They need not stuff, they need us. And so here's what I want you to know for a few minutes as we get ready to wrap this up, is excess is best. Everybody say that, excess is best. Say that again, excess is best. That means you need to find a way to give your kids excess. And when I say excess, I'd say this, I'd say excess touch. Excess touch. Give your kids more than you think they want. Listen to what the Bible says here. Some of you guys are familiar with this story, excess touch. This is a story of when, remember the little kids came to Jesus, and it's kind of this bad scenario. The disciples look like they hate kids, and they're pushing these kids away from Jesus. Here's, here's the story. Watch this. It says, one day, some of, the, uh, some of the parents brought their children to Jesus so he could, come on, say this with me, so he could touch and bless them. Keep reading. But the disciples scolded the parents for for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with who? His disciples. And he said to him, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. This is so cool. Here, Remember why Jesus came? Jesus came for two reasons. Primarily, first and foremost, Jesus came to sacrifice his life to be the ransom for many. That's why Jesus came. Ultimately, his purpose was to die for our sin. If you're here today and you don't know that, I want you to know, hear me, this, what we do here is not about religion. It's not. Everything we do should be about a relationship with God that the Father 
loved you enough that he sent his son to die on the cross so we could have a relationship. All right? So the same way God wants us to pursue a relationship with our kids, God pursued a relationship with his kids, and he did it through his son, Jesus. But watch this. The second reason that Jesus came was to be our role model. Jesus came to show us how to live life. And I want you to see this here. When kids came to Jesus, he wasn't like, get those kids away. Get those snotty-nosed brats away from me. That would be my response. He's like, no, man, don't let those kids come. And the Bible says he touched them. Everybody say he touched them. The word here is haptomai, and it's a very intimate touch word. It's not this sterile, physical, like he touched it. It's a very relational, intimate word. It's the same word that's used in 1 Corinthians 7 when it said it's good for a husband to touch his wife. Oh, that'll preach right there. I like that verse. It's referring to guy and a, a man and a woman, a husband and wife being physically intimate. It's the same word, haptomai. The Bible described when, remember, after Jesus died and rose from the dead, and Mary seen him and she grabbed him, she touched him and didn't want him to leave, and he's like, wait, I gotta go to the Father, don't touch me. It's that intimate word. Here's, here's what's happening is, the disciples weren't trying to keep the kids from mugging Jesus. They were trying to keep Jesus from mugging the kids. Man, Jesus was slobbering on these kids and he was grabbing them and hugging them. The word means to latch on to. God wants us to latch on to our kids, to give them excess touch. You know, there was an experiment done by King Frederick. I, I heard this and I didn't believe this and I spent some time and found the research to back this up. King Edward was a guy, and he, he, he thought, I'm going to check out and see how important it is for a child to experience physical touch in words. Fifty children that were born about the same time, he took them as soon as they were born away from their mothers. He hired maidens to take care of these children with this instruction. You're not to talk to them, and you're to touch them as little as possible. No physical touch, no words. Fifty kids. Do you, know not, do you know not one of those children lived beyond their first birthday? They couldn't survive. They, they, were, they were fed. They had oxygen. They had clothes. They had heat. But it demonstrated that kids don't just need those stuff. They need touch. They need words. They need their parents to speak life and love over them. And so we got to find a way to give our kids excess touch. And not just excess touch, but excess time. Excess time. Find a way, come on, find a way to steal some minutes with your kids. Dad, I wish I'd have did this more. My friends do this. I wish I'd have done this more when my kids were younger, my daughters. Dads, if your daughters are young, take them on daddy-daughter dates. Go show them what they should expect when a guy takes them out. Open the door for them. Man, gloat on them. Push the chair in for them. Treat them like the way you want the guy who takes them out to treat them. Because when the lunkhead shows up and doesn't treat him right, he'll, listen to me, your daughter will kick him out because he's like, that's not how you treat a lady. You know where they're going to learn how a lady should be tra- treated? Following your example of how you treat your wife and how you treat them. So, so I know it's a challenge, but ex- this excess touch, this excess time, look for minutes in the day. Look for minutes where you can just have a conversation. Pull up a stool next to them. Go in the room and, and, and have a conversation. Lay on their bed. Have a conversation. Look for minutes to steal from them. I'm telling you, at first, they're not going to talk to you. At first, they're not going to open up, but if they see that you want this, they'll start opening up. Now, I, I don't know if I think I said this first service. Now, and hear this. If you've not been doing any of this and you, like, have been going for, like, worst parent of the year award and you're like, Pastor Steve, like, 
I've not been affectionate with my kid at all. I've been so busy. I've not been talking to him. I can't really. Can I just really just jump in and start doing this stuff now? Yeah, absolutely. Here's what you need to do, though. Don't try any backdoor junk on your kids. They're way too smart. Just be honest, honest enough. Have, if, they're, if your kids are older, have this conversation. Hey, you know what? Man, I just haven't been the parent that you need and that I want to be. I've not been affectionate to you the way I want. So I want you to know from now on, you need to be looking for me a hug. It's going to seem weird, but I want you to know, man, I'm going to start hugging on you and kissing on you. Dad, I want you, I'm too old for that stuff. I don't care. I'm going to hug on you and kiss on you. I want you to know I've not spent time with you, man, the way I need to. And I want you to know, man, I'm sorry about that. But I want you to know you're important to me. And so I'm going to start making moments matter in our life together. Dad, you know I'm busy. I'm in school. I got football. Listen, we're going to make it happen because you're important to me. And I want to have a great relationship. Just be honest with them. Just tell them. And the last thing, listen, not just excess touch and excess time, but excess words. Everybody say more is better. Again, just pour on as much as you can. Here's some words your kids need to hear. I love you. I'm proud of you. Hey, great job today. Hey, you did awesome. It was only a B. You could have got an A. No, listen, who cares? They could have got a D. Great job on that B, son. Don't lie to your kids, though. I, I got to say this. You guys ever watch? I don't watch it anymore, but I know it's still on American Idol. If you're watching American Idol and they always have these people on in the front and they can't sing at all, someone's been lying to them their whole life that they could sing. <laughs> don't lie to your kid. Don't lie. You're not helping them. You're jacking them up. And I pro- they're going to have a Simon moment where like they're just world is shaking. Mama's been telling me my whole life I could sing. You can't. Don't do it anymore. <laughs> but catch, listen to me. Catch them doing something right. I'm so good. Is, is anybody else here really great at catching your kids doing wrong? You didn't make your bed. You didn't take the trash out. Get your homework done. I see you got a C on your report card. Blah, blah, blah. And man, I'm great at catching my kids doing something bad. You know what we need to do? We need to catch our kids doing something right. Amen. Just catch them doing something right. <laughs> excess words, excess words, excess words. I heard a story, um, this is a true story. It's actually in one of his books, Billy Graham. Most of you here know who Billy Graham is. Billy Graham, one of the greatest evangelists of our time, has won literally millions of people to the Lord. Very well respected, still alive in the later years of his life. His son, Franklin, has taken over his ministry. Very well respected family. Do you know when Billy was, uh, was younger, his daughter Anne, he has several kids, his daughter Anne, his oldest child, he had been gone from home so much, traveling the evangelistic field, going out, putting on these huge, huge crusades. The story goes that he tells in his book that he came home after being gone from home for literally months. And when he pulled up in a car in front of his house, this little girl ran out of the house to meet Billy as he got out of the car. And he patted this little girl on the head and walked in to see his wife. And he said this. He said, who's the little girl? And his wife said, that's your daughter. Don't you recognize her? And he confessed in this book that as much as he loved being used by God to win millions of people to the Lord, that he missed the greatest opportunity to raise his kids. And I know we're busy, and some of you might say, my, my kid's always going to recognize me. I'm just saying that we're so busy and we're so distracted that not enough of us are parenting intentionally. And so I want to challenge you this week. Remember the three questions I asked you in the beginning. What are you doing? What are you doing to enhance your relationship with your kids? And this week, if you'll be proactive in acceptance, 
if you'll be proactive, come on, guys, if you'll be proactive with affection, if you'll be proactive with attention, you can start building that relationship that'll win you the influence that you want and you need and I need to help develop them into the adults that are coming. And so today, I just want to pray, listen for a minute. If you're here and you're saying, Pastor, will you pray for me? I really want to do a better job as a parent. Just, just lift your hand, not to me, but to God. Pray for me. I want to be a better parent at home. I'm lifting my hand with you because I want to be better at this. I want to tell you in a minute, just as we pray, I want you to know that there is, again, a God in heaven who absolutely is madly in love with you. In the same way, listen to me, the same way that, again, he wants us to have a relationship with our kids, God wants to have a relationship with us. And maybe you're here and you didn't know this. Maybe you've never heard this. Maybe you did, but you didn't know what it meant. I want you to know today that your Father in heaven loves you enough that he sent his son Jesus to die for us so we could have a relationship with him. He did it all. And if you're here, maybe you never knew that, and you're like, Pastor Steve, I, I never heard that before. That's what the death of Jesus was all about, was to forgive us of our sin so we could have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. If you've never said yes to him, I'm telling you, church doesn't get you to heaven. Reading your Bible doesn't get you to heaven. Being a good person doesn't get you to heaven. It's only through Jesus that we have a relationship now and for eternity with our Father. And so if you've never said yes, man, today, I would love for you to have a great relationship with your heavenly Father by you saying yes to Jesus. With every head bowed here this morning, Lord, I thank you today, God, for the challenge, the prod to raise up our kids in a way that honors you. And Lord, I know, God, not, I'm not the only one here. A lot of us have been dropping the ball. A lot of us have fallen short. And God, today, we just come before you and ask that you would help us to be more intentional. God, to be more strategic in our parenting. And I pray in Jesus' name, help us to influence our kids through the relationship we build. But Lord, I ask for people here today, God, who maybe have never said yes to you, never said yes to your relationship. If you're here today and you've never opened up your heart to God's grace, not religion, not church, but God's unfailing grace in your life. If you've never said yes to his love, Today would be a great day. If you're saying, Pastor Steve, man, I want to walk to my car today knowing my life is right with God. I want to go to my car. I want to leave today knowing that my relationship with my Father in heaven is right. In a moment, I want to pray, and I'm going to pray a simple prayer that if you'll open your heart to, Jesus will come and he'll forgive you right here in this moment. He'll make you a child of God right here in this moment. And if you're here and you want to say yes to him, you want to experience God's grace in your life, you want to say yes to God's unfailing grace and love, I want you to lift a hand real high because I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here all the way in the back? I see you. Lift a hand real high. Come on, unashamedly lift a hand up. I see you. I see you. Come on. Anybody else? Lift your hand up. Come on, just leave it up just for a minute. Anybody else? Say, Pastor Steve, I want to make sure when I leave today, man, that my heart is right with God. I see you over here, sweetheart. Thank you. Anybody else? If your hand's down, it's because you're saying, man, I'm, I'm good. Everything's right between me and God. If you're not sure, all you got to do is say yes to him and his grace and his love. Thanks. I see your hand. Anybody else? I want us to pray with the five or six that lifted a hand and we're going to pray together 
The Bible says that if we'll confess out of our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says we're saved through that act of faith. And so we're gonna do that together. We're gonna, we're gonna pray out loud, out of our mouths. Where you are, if you lifted a hand a minute ago, I want you just to, just to believe that God loves you. I want you to believe that he's your savior, to put your faith in that reality that he died for your sin so you could be forgiven. And I want every voice in this room, come on, every voice unashamedly. Can we pray this together? Say, Jesus, I believe you died for my sin so I could be forgiven. I repent. I ask you to save me. Heavenly Father, thanks for bridging the gap in our relationship. I believe Jesus died, and I believe he rose from the dead. And because he lives, I live too. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agreed said amen. Come on, can we thank God? Hey, man, I am so excited. One of the greatest things that ever happens here at Faith Church is when people give their lives to Christ. And so we celebrate. If you lifted a hand, I want to encourage you to, uh, to fill out a card in the pew right there in front of you. It says, I've decided. Take that to the information booth. We want to put something in your hand that will help you in your relationship with God. Also, if you're a first-time guest, thanks for being here as well. You stop into our connect room. There's some people that love to put a gift in your hand as a way of saying thanks for being here. If you need prayer, we have a prayer and care room out to your left. People in there would just love to come alongside you and minister to you. So God bless you guys, man. Have an amazing day today. Make sure you come back and bring somebody with, with you next week for week three of How to Raise Your Kids. God bless you.